0: What was your reaction when you realized that you would be in charge of helping secure such a massive facility?
1: I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is massive. I have never seen any facility this large anywhere. And, you know, I thought law enforcement had acronyms, they have nothing compared to Google. (laughs) Uh, We have outdone them.
0: This is Where the Internet Lives, a show about the unseen world of data centers and the people who keep them running. I'm Stephanie Wong, and I'm your guide through the physical spaces that make up the internet. This season, we're exploring those spaces alongside the people who actually design, build, and operate them. Folks like Libby Davis.
1: I am responsible for physical security at Southlands Data Center in Council Bluffs, Iowa. And it's, it's a small little village here, small town.
0: Libby helps protect the two most valuable things inside these city-sized computers, people and data. She runs a large team that monitors every movement inside the data centers from the outer walls to the inner sanctum where the servers sit. The potential threats to data centers come in different forms. One is a physical attack.
1: And if I have to think of what might keep me up at night, it's the fact that we might have an active threat here.
0: Active threats are very rare. But Libby's team needs to be constantly prepared. They're also constantly vigilant about digital threats, like data leaks or break-ins to remove data.
1: So we're often testing to make sure that we aren't ever having a breach of data. So there is an accountability that we know who's here and why they're here.
0: Libby has been a lot of things in her career, an oil field engineer, an industrial psychologist, deputy chief of the Omaha police department, but she never expected to play any of these roles or to protect a data
1: center. I was very much caught up in the moment, so I pretty much enjoyed whatever I was doing at the time. Law enforcement was certainly nothing that ever crossed my mind either. No one in my family was uh, ever in law enforcement. So they were uh, pretty much horrified that that's what I chose.
0: And it certainly would have been a surprise to Libby earlier in her life.
1: I can remember way back when I started out of college, there was a certain way to dress, there was a certain way to act, a certain way to talk. That just didn't feel good to me. I would try to do that. I would not be authentic and the discomfort would show and it would detract from my performance.
0: The women in Libby's family had a history of breaking social norms. Both of her grandmothers and four great-aunts all had college degrees. Two of them had master's degrees, one had a PhD. That was very uncommon for women born in the late 1800s.
1: My mother had grown up with that. So my mother was probably my biggest cheerleader and my parents let me be who I was.
0: When it came time to choose a career path in college, she chose petroleum engineering, a field that very few women pursued. In the summer before graduation, she got an office job for a major oil company in Southwest Kansas.
1: I was the first female that had worked out in the oil fields as a student engineer so for the very first summer they would only call me girl they would not call me my name so it was just just girl and like okay
0: they stuck libby behind a desk where she was asked to design a soap injector system for oil wells she hated it libby knew she was talented enough and strong enough to be out in the field working on the rigs but a mentor an older engineer told her that the oil companies wouldn't give that job to a woman.
1: He said, Libby, I want to have this conversation with you because I know you don't enjoy working in the office and that you've said many times how much you enjoy working out in the field. He goes, it's highly unlikely and I know it's not fair. That just really kind of took me back. It's like, wow, I do not like working in the office. To be honest with you, engineering school wasn't easy for me because it required studying. And so I went back to the University of Tulsa and I I quit school after two more months. And I was in my last year before graduating.
0: Libby went home to recalibrate. She resumed classes with the intention of becoming a math teacher. She also started taking psychology courses. And then she stumbled upon industrial psychology.
1: I jokingly refer to as many people think a psychologist treats people with problems and issues Well, an organizational psychologist often treats organizations that has issues. So anything relating to work behavior in organizations, that's what we would help with.
0: It's really fascinating because I don't think many people think about the psychological and behavioral sciences that are so apparent in our organizations. I mean, they're fundamental to how people operate and how productive and happy we are at our jobs.
1: Well, and that's why the field is is really important because it is organizations are made of people who we make products for. We're there to serve people.
0: Libby loved the blend of statistics, math, problem solving, and people. So she pursued a master's and then a PhD in industrial organizational psychology. But there was one challenge. Organizational psychologists often land in human resources jobs. Libby did not want to work behind a desk. And then an opportunity arose in an unlikely place the Omaha Police Department. Libby was hired as a researcher to analyze discrimination practices. While there, she noticed job openings for helicopter pilots, patrol officers, school security, detectives. It lit something inside of her.
1: So if I were to actually go in and be a consultant for law enforcement, I knew it would be important to have been a sworn officer.
0: And so Libby entered the police academy. She was a 34-year-old academic. Most of the other recruits were in their 20s.
1: I was exhausted at the police academy from, A, being yelled at, doing so many pushups and um, just going through some of these things. It was just I was just thinking, you want me to do what?
0: But you did it. And, and you mentioned you did it when you were 34. I assume that many of your colleagues were younger who were attending the academy. So what was that like?
1: Our disciplinary sergeant pulled me aside one day and he said, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> and I will say, I ran into one of my students from the university, and she had been in the class, bef- the recruit class uh, before me, and they had come back for some training. And she saw me, she goes, what are you doing here? <laughs> she goes, you're not supposed to be here. You're, you know, you're an adjunct professor. You're not supposed to be here. And I'm like, yeah, I, I just thought I'd try it out. Yeah, You know, I think my my cavalier response was, well, there was a line there and I didn't know what (laughs) we were waiting for, so I just got in it.
0: Once again, Libby found herself in a profession with very few women. And some men let her know it. One late night, soon after joining the force, a male officer walked up to her and asked about her sexuality.
1: I'm like, what? And he looks at me like, and just walked away. Yeah, so I mean, it wasn't always welcoming. That's the way the situation presented itself. And I... I would look at changing what I could, and what I could not change, I would try to move away from myself.
0: She had to work doubly hard to prove herself to male peers, but her superiors noticed her unique set of skills in math and statistics. They asked her to plan out long-term budgets and strategy for the force. Libby improved finances, built organizational strategy, and she worked her way up to the highest levels.
1: So I skipped over the rank of captain and went right into the deputy chief role at the police department. Wow, that's incredible. So I was at Omaha Police Department for 22 years, and the last nine were as a a deputy chief.
0: In 2018, after two decades on the police force, Libby plotted her next chapter. A university wanted her to teach full-time. Some colleagues suggested she run for county sheriff, and then an unexpected opportunity.
1: And I'd gotten a call from Google saying, hey are you thinking about retiring? And I said, I could. <laughs> uh, it was a little early, but yeah, I could.
0: They wanted her to manage the security team at Google's two giant data centers in Iowa. She didn't know much about hyperscale data centers, but she knew plenty about security.
1: It was something that would be different, but a lot of my skills would translate over to the data center security world.
0: So can you lay out what you are now responsible for and what your to day
1: looks like? At the police department, because I was responsible for IT, budgeting, finance, fleet facilities, HR, crime lab forensics, property evidence, SWAT team, helicopter unit. I mean, I had all of these strange units. And then I come here and it's almost like I'm responsible for a lot of different things once again.
0: Libby's job is part security specialist, part psychologist, part planner, and part technologist. She needs to make sure that all the different components of security inside and outside the data center are functioning properly at all times.
1: I take that very seriously, that I have to ensure that the policies that keep our data secure are being followed. And that when operations change such that those policies need to be refreshed, we do it when we need to do it. To make sure that we're always keeping on top of our promise to our customers that their data is secure. What was your reaction when you first walked in? What did you think about the size and the scale? I had never seen spaces of this size before. Just trying to get a sense of where you are because in, you know, data centers do not lend themselves to windows. And I could not believe how large everything was. Even going onto the data center floor, the lights of the hum, everything was just like another world.
0: Libby struggled to find her way around at first, but after two decades running a police force, she didn't get overwhelmed by the security needs inside the vast facility.
1: So if I just keep focusing on safety of people, integrity, safety of data, and then move out from there, and then how do we do that? That's how I've kind of tackled it. And again, everything I've learned over the years and I've handled law enforcement, it's all doable.
0: You've worked in many male-dominated spaces over the years, oil fields, academia, law enforcement. So how has that influenced your approach to work?
1: I learned early on, and it might have been in the oil fields, where I was told, you know, this may not be fair. So I guess that kind of resonated, you know, life isn't fair. Nobody did promise us fair. That doesn't mean you can't try to make it fair. But you do need to realize you can't just be angry about it. You have to do something say something, move on. I mean, you've got options.
0: Every step of her career, Libby had to perform at much higher levels than her male counterparts in order to get their respect. She uses that experience to help other women move up inside what is often a male-dominated industry.
1: It happened in graduate school. It happened in oil fields. It's, It's happened in law enforcement. So it's so important to take the time turn around, hold your hand out and help people get to where they've earned to be. Uh, That is part of becoming a leader or being in the position of leadership is that you mentor others, you help others. Otherwise, that's not, you're not a leader.
0: You've had a very diverse career. So have you made any deliberate decisions to change your course while also building on your previous experience or did it just, you just took it as it came?
1: There've been opportunities that have always come up but there are times in my life that I've been more open to them. And so it's when I'm open to the opportunity and one comes up and it's the timing is right. I think the opportunities are always out there, the paths are out there, but again, it's when are your eyes open or when are you looking in that direction to follow that path?
0: Libby Davis is a security manager at Google's data centers in Iowa. If you want to learn more about building your career at a data center, click through the link in the show notes. Where the Internet Lives is produced by PostScript Media in collaboration with Google. You can subscribe to the show on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you access your shows. And please give us a rating if you like the series. I'm Stephanie Wong. Thank you for listening.